Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today got his start in digital marketing over 10 years ago and has worked with a wide array of companies along the way, from ESPN to AppSumo to VaynerMedia. He knows firsthand the power of live streaming, and he's here to share how you can use it to its full potential. Welcome to the show, Doc Williams from Brand Factory, Inc., Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into live streaming? Yeah, so I've just always been an entrepreneur ever since I was a child. I got into live streaming. Really, it started with, I used to do a lot of home videos or, you know, I wish I had. So we were broke as children, so I couldn't afford uh, a video camera. So I would always set all my action figures, take a lot of pictures, do a lot of those things because I always wish I had video. In high school and college, that's when I started doing stuff with video. And I just did it as a hobby. Used to do really, really bad kung fu videos. It would be like based off of like Drunken Master, all these things. And I would dub them over. And I was a DJ at the time. So I would dub everything over with all of the different sound effects and voices from all my records I had. And then in about 2015, I became a CTO of a company called Rush Club Nation. Imagine like CrossFit and UFC together. Hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, exactly. I always get that response. <laughs> so it was it was different individual weight classes or weight classes like 170 welterweight, middleweight, etc. And you would do workouts head to head in a ring like you would be fighting. And it was just, it was a spectacle. And it was really huge because it was a lot of CrossFit champions at the time and different well-known CrossFit athletes. They got started that way. And I was known as this tech or digital marketing guy. And they're like, hey, doc, we need to live stream this thing. We don't know how, and we need you to do it in like three weeks. And this was when like Facebook just announced they opened up their platform with their API and stream keys. And like, it was not, if anyone remembers trying to stream on Facebook in 2015, it was not easy. That was my uh, entry into live streaming and everything like that. So how did you get connected with Gary Vaynerchuk and VaynerMedia? Yeah, so that happened. My first encounter was I was a writer. I was a fitness writer for a magazine. And Vayner Sports had just come out. And Gary put out the number on a YouTube video. He's like, hey, call me if you're interested in Vayner Sports. And that's the main thing. That's a kiss of death. If anyone gives me their phone number, like I will just call you until you answer. And so I called them every single week for like mm, close to seven to eight months to get the interview with AJ. And they let me do it. And that just took once. And we did a micro documentary doing the interview. We worked with AJ, which is Gary's younger brother and the co-founder of VaynerMedia. And then afterwards, it was just word of mouth and started working with VaynerMedia and all of the different companies under VaynerX. So Sasha Group, Stork, and a couple other brands under VaynerMedia. And we kind of went from there. And do you still do that? Yeah. So actually, I was just doing an AMA with about live streaming for, their, for, for Stork, one of their companies, about two months ago. And then last year in 2019... Uh, we came out with something called the Gary V Content Model 2.0. So it worked in tandem with their team. So if anyone's seen it, Gary, well, yeah, I'm not sure if you seen it. Gary has about 30 different ones working for his personal brand. So he has different videographers, editors, and working all at that same time. And uh, a lot of people ask like, oh, I want to live stream like Gary. I want to start creating content like him. I just don't know a lot of people that have the money to be able to having 30 people for their personal brand. So with the power of repurpose.io and other softwares, we took the Gary V content model, but we added something to it. We created on top of the model, instead of long form content, instead of just starting there, it's like 
type and purpose of content. And then we repurpose your long form content using repurpose.io and a few other softwares, but mainly repurpose. And that allows you to scale what Gary does with 30 people. You can do it with one or two people. And that's what we release. Yeah, I love repurpose. I use that. And that's actually how I found out about you was through, I believe it was a webinar or something or a a course, I guess, on repurpose. And I did another masterclass, the one that you have running right now. And I was like, I I need to contact him for my podcast because I haven't talked about this subject before. So yeah, I was going to ask you what the content model 2.0 is. So I guess that's just like a long form video that you then repurpose into all the social platforms and things like that. Yeah. And it's almost another layer too because uh, I think creating your live streaming content, but understanding a show type, what you need to do is really important. So it's broken down into, okay, what kind of show type do you want? And then let's make long form content out of that. Do you want to do a how-to, Q&A, a day in the life, or you know those types of different uh, styles of long form? Then let's repurpose it. And then what we do is using different pieces of technology or just your phone, we, we, we just show like, okay, just use a stopwatch, start timing out the different parts. And in real time, I'm actually putting markers down. So then when we put it in repurpose, we're already creating micro content based off of those markers and uh, you're off to the races. And it cuts down all that time needing an editor, needing someone to go back. Because what I find is a lot of times, even if you have the greatest editor, they might not know when those moments occur. They might be like, ah, I think this is a good moment. You as the creator know when that's a hot moment. So why not already build that into your uh, workflow when you create micro content? Yeah, that's a good point. I should probably start doing that. I, I actually don't do much live streaming, but it's something that in the past month or so, I've been thinking about like how to incorporate that. So what would the advantages of live streaming over just filming yourself and then putting it up? Can you kind of go over that for the listeners? Yeah, that sounds great. So live streaming, there, there's a, a couple different components. Number one, when you go live, you're personality. You you can show all of your mistakes. You can show how natural you are. It's not polished. And what I find is when you get to show that personality, that's what attracts people more to those imperfections than your well-oiled machine, right? So like it, it's good. And I think people should have pieces of content that's really curated and really nice to the point. But when you're live streaming, you can test out new ideas. You can connect with people you might not have before or in that kind of way. It's like having your own TV show, your own late night talk show, and you get the regulars coming in, you get people that are common. And when you start getting that audience, now other people in your audience is talking to each other, you get that buzz. And once you have that audience that become advocates, I can now pitch an idea, pitch different things. And I not only am I looking to sell things, but now I can really see if, it, if I have a product market fit really quickly. So like tons of times when you're trying to do a launch, you might do an email sequence and do all these things. When you're live streaming, you can test it out like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Yes or no? Are we good with this? And people will be honest with you. And then you can throw up a landing page. Like I'm like, hey, yeah, I I just put it up for sale. Let me know, you know, are we going to buy it? I don't say any sales right now. Like what's going on? And you can honestly have a good conversation and people will be like, well, I don't see that feature or what about this? And I literally in real time build out the sales page based on the audience and what they're looking for. I don't know if there's, I've never seen a medium like that in that honesty with the creator and their audience that can be scalable. If you do one-on-one in consulting, yeah, it works that way. But now you're going to bottleneck because you can only have so many contacts, so many conversations. Everyone from your list, you can tell them, hey, I'm going live at this time. I'm going to be premiering this new product or service. Let me know. I want real-time feedback. I just love it. I just love it. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. I went on a tangent. So I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's not what she asked me at all. So it sounds like you recommend scheduling a live stream and letting people know I'm going to go live at whatever time versus just jumping on whenever. Yeah, I, I think do a mixture, right? So I go pros and cons because number one, you've got to train your audience just like a show that like, there's a show that comes on at 10 p.m. on Wednesdays or the Saturday morning cartoons. Like the reason kids know that it's special is because they know what time cartoons are on, right? Or that program. 
So I really think that's powerful. And you can have a groundswell of support when you go live. And it's just awesome. I don't mind going live spontaneously. In fact, sometimes you get a random audience that you would never have because it's spontaneous. But I think getting you used to doing live streaming, being regimented and just getting you used to doing it like a show, getting yourself mentally there, there's nothing like it. So is there a certain length of time that you recommend, like short five minute things or half hour or anything over 15 minutes? If you want to go live randomly, yeah, five minutes, eight minutes, it doesn't really matter. The reason I'm, I'm big on like 15 minutes or above, you can create long form content after 15 minutes. You can have multiple pieces of content you can repurpose. And really, you start getting in your groove around 15 minutes. A lot of times, if I'm like, just go live really quick. But it's sometimes there's two things. Number one, people don't show up to your show if it's less than 15 minutes. Then people get discouraged. Or you don't get used to a show style that works and has multiple parts. 15-minute shows allows you to have an intro, your meat of what you're doing, and then a wrap-up or some kind of experimental section at the back end for your audience. And so then you have the analytics of what do people enjoy How long are they watching? What pieces of content do they like? And that allows you to double down on what's working and then discard the rest. And do you recommend just once a week or once a day? If you're just getting started, I really think routines are important. Try to live stream five days straight Mm. and just do that. And that will break you of the habit. If you're not used to live streaming and I'm like, do it once a week. Number one, if you miss that one day, one hour, one time slot, that one time, you're going to get discouraged. And then people are like, ah, screw it. Like, it's not worth it. They're flipping the table. They're like, <laughs> I, I, if, whatever. If it, It's once you've done it for a couple of weeks, once you at least have your streak of five shows, then, okay, if your time, you're, you're too busy, you can phase it out to once a week. But you can learn so much if you do this consistently. So I used to do it sporadically, but you know, especially with COVID and everything that happened, I devoted, I was like, I'm going to do 40 days straight. Weekends, doesn't matter. I'm going to do 40 episodes straight. And I honestly think doing it for that many times that quickly, it skyrocketed my production, the show style, what would have taken almost a year, I did in less than a month and a half. And that was only because the consistency and how many shows and everything if you see episode one to now, I was telling people, I was like, I'm going to try live streaming. I'm going to build the show from start to finish. And we're going to do it from a brand from nothing and show it. And just a little backstory. The reason I even started live streaming was I was working with a lot of clients that were influencers and streamers on Twitch. And I was getting so much crap from my clients saying like, this isn't going to work. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I'm going to start from zero because I know this is going to work. And I'm going to show you I'm going to make more money than you in 40 days. And that's how it started. And then after doing that, people were like, oh, I need to learn how to live stream. But it was literally is because I was having so many fights with my clients and they were telling me what they could or could not do. And that that's how it started. That's interesting. You mentioned doing like 40 days straight because during the whole COVID thing, I started working from home, but there's only so much with my job that I could do from home. So I was left with a lot of extra time. And so I was like, well, now's a good time to, because I had already been thinking I need to get back into podcasting because I, I had the podcast, but I wasn't consistent. And so I started doing, I think about like six episodes a week. I think maybe there was just one day, maybe Sundays or something where I didn't publish one. I feel like when I was doing all those, it really helped with download numbers, it, just more traction. Yeah, it's like light speed. There's nothing, and, and it seems so easy, but it's like, it's not sexy to talk about. It's not like, oh, be consistent, do these things. People don't want to hear it. <laughs> they, like, no one wants to do it. I don't want to do it. That's why I'm really big on streaks, make it fun. And with live streaming, if you look at it, like my wife redid this whole thing. So this backdrop and everything, this is exactly what my office looked like. But my wife's like, you're not commuting anymore. You're not doing anything. And so she just rebuilt my whole office. So shout out to her for doing (laughs) everything for me. But the thing was, if my live stream, I'm in a comfy chair. One of my feet, they're on, it's on an ottoman that I really like. Like you have to do something that's so comfortable for you and feel natural. And you're just, you're ready to go. And I think just like picking the right platform and the right technology. You've got to pick the right stage. You've got to pick the right props to make you feel comfortable on stage because you're performing. And if you can feel comfortable, you're going to be more apt to do it. 
And then when you need to do it every day for those five days or do it every week or batch episodes, you're good to go. You'll be great and your audience is going to love it and and go from there. I mean, because JLD, John Lee Dumas, I I think he's cut back down to like three times a week now. But for a long time, he was doing an episode every day. And during that month or whatever it was that I was doing one every day, I was like, wow, I, I don't think I could do that forever. But it did help get me in the habit and the consistency like you're talking about. So I think going back to once a week now is like piece of cake. Exactly right. I mean, and and if you do that once a week live streaming, you're going to have enough content to be able to repurpose. With repurpose.io and using the course that me and Hanny did, the Blueprint, it's built for, if you do one 15-minute show, you have a couple clips, you'll have enough to put on your social media. And I think people just don't talk about it enough. You've got to have purpose. Even though you put out all this content, you have to be crystal clear. What do you want your audience to do after they consume your content? And then you'll see conversions of what you want. So... Yeah, I, I I love the once a week, even if people get comfortable and they can do live streaming once a week, that's all you need to build your business. And for those who might not know or are familiar with the term repurposing, can you explain that a little bit? As I understand it, it's where you, like in this case, if you're live streaming, then you take that live stream and you can turn it into a podcast and this, that, and the other thing. So it, yeah, exactly what it has to do with. I almost imagine it like you have a pie, a giant pie, and then you're breaking it up. It's still an apple pie. Like the full pie is still there, but now you're cutting it up. And who doesn't love apple pie? Like you're going to go on and it's just smaller bite-sized pieces. Another version I I think of a movie, right? So when a movie is about to come out, you have the trailer that's going to give you content of the best parts of the movie. You're going to be on a PR tour talking about the movie. You're going to have different stars of the movie talking about it. And then you're going to have the premiere of the movie. But after that movie comes out, there's still... When people create memes from the movie, there's different people, uh, sections of the movie people like, all those things. And I view that as live streaming. Once you deliver your featured film or the long form, then you can go out and test it on your audience. And what you might have thought was going to work in the trailer, there's a lot of part of the movie that you didn't even think was going to be popular that might have traction with your audience. And that's what you can do with live streaming and repurposing. So repurposing is finding out what people are interested in and then having those markers. It's really important. You repurpose only the things that have traction. I see a lot of times people will be like, oh, the intro, I'm going to just repurpose and put it on LinkedIn and da, 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 da. Well, yeah, but do people like that? Like you're putting out content, but is that something people even care about? It's really making sure that you're distilling down the best parts and then serving it to other pieces of your audience on Reddit, on Quora, different types of platforms that are different than your main medium or platform, and then seeing what happens. And then again, driving them to the same conclusion that you want them to do. You're having them sign up to become a lead. You're signing them up for your product and you're quantifying, is it being effective? Or you're measuring the analytics. Did they convert the way you want to? Are they doing what you asked? If they're not, there's a disconnect. Either you're not saying the right word connection for them to raise their hand, or it might not be content they really care about. And you're going to have to go back and reinvent something. And when you live stream, do you recommend using something like Restream or StreamYard so that you can go out to multiple platforms at once? For the most part, you know, shout out. I just got my award. I'm the number one business show on Mixer right now on that platform. It's a joke because Mixer is about to end. (laughs) Microsoft is about to shut it down. But yeah, that's why it's always like, be diverse. Using Restream, you can be on Facebook, you can be on YouTube, all these things. If you stay on YouTube, I'm not sure if you're into gaming or know this, but did you hear what happened with Mixer or anything recently? (laughs) There's this big Fortnite player called Ninja, and he's like huge. So he signed with Mixer for $30 million. Within a year, Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft, has shut down. And he is now going to YouTube or he hasn't decided where he's going to sign yet. The purpose, the reason I say that is your whole goal is to get their email address or get their contact information off the platform because you never know what that platform is going to do. You're renting space there. So if you're only streaming to Mixer, there's tons of partners on Mixer that are scrambling. They're trying to go back to Twitch. It's it's over. Game's over. Like You have to rebuild it from scratch. But if you're streaming to multiple platforms, you can get different audiences and you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. And you're getting people, if you do it right, you're telling them to sign up for your newsletter, sign up for certain lead magnets. So no matter where I go live, 
I have their email address. So when I decide to say, hey, I'm going live on Wednesday at 10, I send them an email and I send them a link. It can be YouTube, it can be Facebook, whatever. They're going to show up on those platforms, but I'm not indebted to that platform. And if that platform decides to shut me down, do something to my account, Facebook is now changing the rules to how you stream and how you're gaming. So now they're going to be, and this is what the whole fight is, depending on which continent you're on, these things change, but they're changing on the throttle of how much organic reach you're going to have with your own live stream and gaming. I have to then boost it or put ads for my own program on their platform, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So it's like I stream on Facebook for certain audiences, but I mainly stream to Facebook groups or specific groups because I have a captive audience and I know what they're planning to do. I have a public page, but I use it for my plugin from Repurpose again to do to bring that feedback in when it creates a new post for my WordPress site. And that's what, the only reason I'm streaming as a public page on Facebook. So that's a loaded question. I'm sorry. I went off in a tangent on that one. Oh, here. no problem. Do you have a particular one that you prefer over another as far as the service? Platform? Uh-huh. Hanny loves uh, StreamYard. I have... Okay. This is StreamYard's better than BeLive, mm-hmm. but it's lesser of two evils. And I don't mean that in a mean way. What I'm saying is when you're streaming from a browser and they have high volume, your quality drastically changes. So if you're on BeLive midday, especially when COVID first happened, the bitrate drops so bad you could barely see the person. Mm. And they're just like, oh, tough luck. Like, you know, there's a lot of people online right now. And I don't like that attitude. And so I would rather do something that has an app, an application that's you know on your laptop or desktop. So I use Ecamm Live because I use a Mac. If I was going to do the equivalence, if I was u- using a PC, I would probably use XPlay. And the reason so, people are like, well, why do you use gaming software? Well, gaming software is about 15 years in the future than anything what people are doing because people have been streaming for games a lot longer. So a lot of gaming companies, their tech is just so much, so superior in their features. So an Ecamm Live is probably the best for Mac. I've used Streamlabs OBS, et cetera. Ecamm Live has just been amazing and the lag is nothing. So those would be the two platforms. If I'm just getting started and I'm worried and I'm like, what should I do? Just pull up your YouTube app, just go live straight from natively from the platform. Like, don't even worry about it. Just get used to build up that muscle just to go live. Then when you're after the five days, you'll know what you like, what you don't like, what you want. Do you want overlays? Do you want B-roll? And then it's like, okay, now we can suggest a platform for you. Restream and StreamYard. I don't know about the others, if you can do this, but if you're streaming to YouTube, Facebook and all those, if people are commenting on them, you can... Pull in. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that. I really like that. So yeah. So they have the new pro studio for restream. It does that. And you can have different overlays and stuff with the comments too, which are really nice. Yeah. So I would, if I was just getting started, the only thing that I noticed was the pro studio for a restream, which I didn't really like, it selected the mic for me and it selected the wrong mic and it wouldn't let me change it, which really bothered me when I was, I'd had to get off stream, then change it, then come back Hmm. instead of just, it was so weird. And they're just getting started. So I've already let their team know and written, done a video about it. (laughs) (laughs) But but I was like, why would you do that? It it was an error. I understand they probably did it because it was use, like to make it so easy for you not to think about it. But I'm like, it picked the wrong mic. I have a Yeti and then it picked up the wrong mic. It picked Hmm. my built-in mic. And I'm like, Hmm. that sounds... It was terrible. And it was like, I couldn't do anything about it for the whole time. So huh. that was the one thing I noticed. Yeah, that is strange. You would think that if if your uh, Yeti is plugged in, that it's going to know that that's what you want, not the built-in. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Yeti is the nicest. It's so, it works like that. Like, how did you pick the wrong mic? You had one job. You had <laughs> one job to do. So yeah, hopefully, and it's new, so... You know, I was reviewing and someone was like, cut it, cut them some slack. I'm like, you asked me to do a tech review. I'm trying to let you know. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> I like them. Restream and I like the studio version because if not, I have to pull up the browser for my chat window and bring it onto the other side. I can't natively do it, but 
when I'm in Ecamm, I can just click it, it brings it, shows it up. But if I'm like trying to lean out and not spend so much, Restream or StreamYard, those are pretty much my go-to. Is it still true that Facebook in particular favors live streaming over really anything else? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, because they make the most money. Like Because you stay on the platform longer, they reward you. I think in the future... So right now, analytics, yes. I mean, it, it depends because... so. This is a whole other issue in the United States versus like Australia. So you probably know it's like the organic reach for your posts are just insanely bad in America. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the branch for Australia and Facebook, the reason Facebook is still very popular in Australia or a lot of marketers that we communicate why they still like it for a lot of the markets is they didn't throttle the organic posts. They're not giving it back in the US anytime soon. Why would they? Plus, because they're making so much money on ads right now, even with the decreased amount of ads going out or the amount or how much it's being spent, it's still, they're just hand over fist. Like they're just making so much money. So they are rewarding at a greater rate to do live streaming. It's going to get to a point where they're going to throttle that too, to make more of their money. They're already doing it with gaming because their gaming has exploded. I think they said... Their gaming in one year increased by 350% on the Facebook platform. So now when people are becoming Facebook partners for gaming live streaming, now they're telling them, oh, we got you this great audience. Now you have to boost every single live stream. So I've got to boost my own material to reach my own audience. (laughs) Like what? Are you serious? Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, so so that's why I'm like, yes, it's good for right now, but Facebook, I could write a book about Facebook. <laughs> maybe you should. Yeah, maybe I should. It's Although just, by the time it it came out, everything would be different because they change it, stuff like every day. Don't even give me. Yeah, I don't. Know. It's a ne- it's a necessary evil mm-hmm. for Facebook. I feel like it's. Will I stream to it? Yes. I just do it for the integrations. I do it for the closed captioning to rip it later on to use my other content somewhere else. I I, I put no stock in doing this long term. So, but again, if I'm doing it for groups or it's a, it's a necessary evil. I've stopped even trying to get Facebook likes or fans or whatever you call them followers, I guess, because it's like, well, they're not going to see my stuff anyway unless I boost it. Yeah, and they said what did they lose? Didn't they lose their lawsuit last year? Or was it 2 years ago about they said that they I don't know the word, but basically it was a nice way of saying they lied up to 400% of the reach of what you were actually going to get. So you see how it's like boost this and get like 1400 people to see this right now. Well, they said up to it's an obscene amount of like percent. It's above 400%, I believe, that their numbers can be inflated. Mm-hmm. 400%. Are you serious? So like four, like that's not even close. Like that's not even close. And you know, and so if they're going to do that to get the bottom line, first of all, if you're going to do it, don't even boost it. Just set your money on fire. Just don't even, do, unless you have a custom audience where you have all of your custom parameters and you're feeding it into Facebook to then populate that based on a custom lookalike audiences, based on converted audiences that have purchased over a hundred times. Facebook is not going to make it work for you. They're never going to do it. What's your opinion on, I know Gary Vee is really into TikTok. What's your opinion on TikTok as far as, now I guess you can't, I, I just recently joined TikTok, so I'm not too familiar with it yet. I ha- I've watched a lot of videos on it. I haven't actually done any myself. TikTok, first of all, I would just like to point out, first of all, I love Gary. I love Gary. He decides, you know, it reminds me of this time. It, it made, I have to give this analogy to, to make sense. Like, so 50 Cent, the rapper one time was like, man, vitamin water, everyone better go get that. Well, yeah, because he also owned stock in vitamin water. And then when it rose the price, he cut it, his loss and he left vitamin water. He has an ulterior motive. And I'm not saying that Gary like, oh my goodness. But listen, he's a marketer. This makes sense. TikTok makes sense for certain demographics and very specific reasons. But does it work for everyone? It's the same way as like, you know what? Twitter ads never work. <laughs> like they, they never work. They've never worked. Twitter works for very certain demographics. Journalists are always on Twitter. Programmers are always on Twitter. TikTok can work, but is your target demographic on TikTok? Are you good at TikTok? Are you going to devote your time to be good at TikTok? If not, you're. it's like if you're not prepared to be good on YouTube, 
YouTube will eat you up. <laughs> and I remember when three years ago, and actually I paid for consulting for someone and he's a really blown up. He's actually works for YouTube and creates, if you're part of the YouTube studio and you do your onboarding, he's actually in part of the videos to teach you how to build it. He's just done a great job. And I remember I was offended by him like four years ago. I'm like, I'm going to you know, be on YouTube and diversify. He's like, bro, he's like, if you go on YouTube, you will be killed if you do not take this serious. And I was like, all right. And I stopped my consulting sessions and I got, got off of YouTube for like two years. You've got to be devoted to certain platforms. In TikTok's audience, you have to have something of value or be in a super, super niche. Like, so for instance, there's a super niche of TikTok of 3D developers. All they do is show in 12 seconds of how they build 3D modeling. It's really, really interesting. Okay. But then what do you want them to do on that platform? I'll tell you who's working for it. Great. High schoolers. Not only that, because all their friends are there. So number one, they all follow each other. The virality goes incredibly high. Like I cannot tell you how many high schoolers are verified that I know. Like it's insane. They have their SoundCloud account. They're verified on TikTok. And all they do is pose in front and make these videos. Like more power to you. But when there's a, a business owner that's like, hey, all the kids are on TikTok. Let's go on TikTok. That's why you got killed on Snapchat because you had the same exact idea. You can't show up on Snapchat and all the people that when Gary told everyone like Snapchat, go to Snapchat. Tell me where are most of the businesses on Snapchat right now? I've never even gone on Snapchat. Now, there are certain target demo. We kill it at geofencing Snapchat ads. We kill it at that. But it's a very, very specific reason. It was a very specific demographic. And we had, I think... 2000 organic they 2000 it was over 2000 people used our filter on this one concert and we had like 14000 call to actions done from it for $47 on their ads like it's insane but it was very specific tiktok i think it's possible i i feel like the kids are there why because most of the time they don't want their parents on it or don't want adults on the platform now adults are on the platform and now they're like, we got to get off this thing. Like <laughs> this is, this is insane. But if you understand your audience, more power to you. I, I think it's it just so much on a case, like a case by case basis. I know that's such a rambling answer. It reminds me of Vine on acid. Mm. It, Vine was such a good idea. It's pretty much Vine with music. I mean, what TikTok was musically before. It makes so much sense why it's music inspired and people can do it, but you've got to put so much creativity and so much time to be good at TikTok. And I just, I'm not sure a lot of businesses that are flooding because they hear Gary and others think it's a good move are willing to either invest at being good at TikTok themselves or what I'm really passionate about is find a person that is really good at TikTok, pay them to do original content about your brand for TikTok and just let them do it. View it as a creator and let them do skits, let them do whatever. I don't care if it's your logo for your brand or whatever, let them do their thing. But it's, I, I feel like you will be eaten alive on TikTok. I'll, I'll give one last example, I'll stop. My videographer, so he works with all of these in, influencers, all of these music stars, everything like that. And every time he's on TikTok, the kids are ferocious on this man. They're always calling him a boomer. They're always killing this man on TikTok. When he shows his influencers, it's a totally different vibe. As soon as he showed himself, so are you willing to, to invest? And now, only if he does like really comedic things on TikTok will it work. But there's no... there. I, I wish someone would do this. I don't... I haven't aggregated this data. The people that love TikTok do not translate over to other platforms like other native platforms. If you're doing long form content on YouTube and then they like your content, they'll probably be on IG or something like that. Like it, it makes sense. TikTok, when you're in the ecosystem of TikTok, you can see the disparity. A lot of TikTok stars that have like 3.5 million, you take them off of TikTok, they have less than 100,000 on IG. It's not even comparable. The drop-off is so immense because the content and the way that it's shot and everything like that. So yeah, 
Hopefully, <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you have to be pretty creative or funny to yeah. make it on there. Yeah, it, it's so much like Vine. If you even look at like the show, like Wild and Out, Wild and Out, it's been on forever on MTV, right? And there's a lot of it's it's musical, it's skits, it's whatever, right? A lot of those MTV stars are killing it on TikTok because it's almost it's like small skits like they do on TV. And so it correlates directly. And we've worked with tons of people, different influencers and talk star hosts on MTV. It only while now out stars are killing it on TikTok for the most part. If you see other ones that they're verified, they jump on TikTok, their audience is nothing like it because it is so much, it is so based on comedy or small skits or music. And if you're not there or you're not, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. So what are the different types of live streaming someone could do? I know there's the how-to. What are some other options? Yeah. So I always say the default, anyone can do how-to because everyone is passionate and everyone can teach something. So how-to right there. The next one is Q&A style. And this is, if you look at the Ask Gary V show was based on Q&A, right? Everyone loves a good Q&A if it's a personality or you're just really you know a lot and people ask you questions all the time, like do Q&A. The other two are very hard to do. One is harder than the other. The third is interviews. If you know someone, everyone, you know, we're doing an interview right now, like just bring someone on, do it. What I find is this is tricky for a lot of people, especially ones that think they're really good at interviewing. If you've never done it before, it's still a great skill. It, it takes a lot. And I find that a lot of times people jump in or, I mean, even, I mean, for me, I'll just give myself for an example. When I first started podcasting years ago, I would always agree. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And my wife was like, why are you agreeing that much? We have to edit out all those. No one wants to hear it. Like, so number one, it's just getting your rhythm when you're doing interviews. Number two, a lot of times, sometimes the excitement and wanting to be the star overshadows the interviewer. <laughs> and then the person is like, you're getting them on a guest. And if you're doing 75% of the talking, why are you bothering using a guest? Like, go, 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 like, go do a how-to video if you want to talk the whole time. And that, and what I've noticed is it's really hard to tell people that if they're, they really think they're good at interviewing or something. So I'm just like, listen, have at it. Let your audience tell you if you're good or not. But I, I just find that's hard to start with live streaming if you're doing interviews. The hardest one, which people do constantly, which is the dumpster fire, which is the day in the life, where a lot of times people think that I get this a lot with influencers. They're like, I'm funny. People think they that I, I, I'm funny and they just want to stream their whole day. I'm like, no, they don't. Unless someone tells you over and over in your chat says, I want to see what you're doing. I want to follow you around. Do not assume that you can do a day in the life. I mean, again, a testament to, I love Gary, his daily Vs, a lot of people are like, I'm going to do the next daily V and I'm just going to follow around. I'm like, very few people can do that. And newsflash, daily Vs are highly curated. It's just the best of his day. So if you think you can do a day in life, it's very hard to do. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying Get your audience to say it. Do not assume that your audience wants to see everything about you. Yeah, I would think that you'd have to be super well known for anyone to even be interested in that. I, I mean, and so, and I always want to do this, like the flip side of these two things. Like you have, and I definitely agree. It's You've got to have an audience or you're a micro influencer, but like huge in your space. But don't forget on Twitch, there is a huge, huge population, huge like category of people that just love watching people sleep. Hmm. <laughs> it's, that's, it's, that's the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they've got, I mean, they've got supporters, people donating all the time. I mean, that is the quintessential passive income. Like, they, I, I wish I could, ain't no, no one cares. Like, for me, anyway. I, I can't say it never works because I was, one of my uh, clients works for Twitch and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, Sleeping is huge. Watching people just study and they don't have to talk. They're just, you're just watching people study and mukbangs. Like those are the three like hidden. Oh, and people playing with slime on live. People love watching people play with slime. Those are the four. <laughs> those are the four. But again, like those are, 
you got you got to be deep in those communities for you for you to care about. If you're if you're on Facebook and you're just streaming yourself sleep, no one wants to come to that party. But if you're on the right channels on uh, or the right categories on Twitch, then you might have something. Hmm. You could like be playing with slime and then be like, "Hey, go buy my book and like try to sell something while you're playing with slime." If you, listen, I I, I, I you sure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you got someone already subscribing to your channel when you're just playing with slime a couple hours, listen, more power to you. I mean, I, I mean, I remember when I was first on Twitch and I was on the craft and maker section. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm not a coder. I got so much hate. People are like, why aren't you on the coding and science channel? I was like, oh, crap. Like, it's like, are you serious? Wait a minute. You're watching enough of my stream to know what I'm doing to tell me what category. I went there and he's exactly right because makers, like some of the channels, somebody I, no, I kid you not, there's some shots of just people just putting together Lego sets. Like, he's killing it. He's got 300 people watching. Like, I can barely get, like, 100 people on my channel. He's killing it with Legos. You never know. You have to understand your communities. You have to know what's going on. So you can live stream on Reddit groups. You can live stream in Facebook groups, Periscope with Twitter. You can uh, IG. You know, there's so many, but you have to understand the purpose of it. The, what they're doing, all of those things, more than just, I'm going to live stream. Now, again, to get the muscles working and get used to it, practice, go live stream. But to really to really scale it, you need to know what type of audience and where do they hang out, what platform, then live stream and cater to them. What about one idea I had, and, and this is probably is, is going to sound boring to some people, but I don't know that it's any more boring than watching people sleep. Nothing is. <laughs> nothing is. But um, doing walkthroughs or tutorials, teaching with more your screen up than even your face? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, so the coding channel on Twitch is huge. I mean, all they're doing is coding. And I, I think that applies to anything. Like the Build With Me show, all I'm doing is, I mean, I put my lower third so you can see my face, but for the most part, it's just walkthroughs. I'm doing a walkthrough of AppSumo deals like mm. two and a half, three hours straight. Mm. People are watching the whole thing. Oh, I love AppSumo. In your bio, it says that you work for them. Is that what you do? It kind of actually started just because I was a super fan. And so I was with, I was in Austin. I was doing something at Noah Kagan's event. And then he was asking, like he was like a fairy godmother or something. I was just thinking, like he's, he's like, what do you want, little boy? What do you want? And I was like, all I want to do is like meet that sumo crew. And he's like, really? Like, that's who you want? I was like, yeah. And at the time, I think I'd already bought like over 350 deals. And he's like, yeah, go talk to them. And basically, they just asked my experience. And then they were like, what kind of content are we missing? I, I work as a consultant for AppSumo. So I have a couple of different projects coming out soon. And then also I work on a product development and ideas. I, I mean, I bought a lot of AppSumo deals I did not use. But the thing is, I use 90% of all my deals because either I'm doing it for clients or I put it in my own business. So, And that's how it came about. So I'm either working and giving suggestions about SendFox, KingSumo, the the different user behavior or the interface for AppSumo, the you know, because there's like 83 deals now, a lot more than it used to be. So we talk about different collections they have and stuff like that. So I've helped the team do that. And then on top of which, I do the last call videos almost every month. So I just go through and answer questions. And then I do about two dive in with doc videos a week. So such as like another product comes out, a fresh LMS, I'll, I'll do a full walkthrough. Christy and Vanessa and Chris, they do the hype videos of, hey, this is what you're going to do. And then I always was like, I wish there was like a five to 10 minute deep dive or case study of why you'd use that tool. So that's what I do. And then with the Build With Me shows, again, I'm big on practicality. So I'm like, okay, what kind of business do you have? E-commerce, what do you have? And let's go build your business with this tool live. And that's what we do. Oh, that's interesting. I watched their remote work academy. I've been watching those. And then I've bought a couple of their things. I use King Sumo for my yeah, giveaways yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I'm in Dallas, Texas. So I've thought about, and I'm actually going to be passing through Austin next month. So I've, I wonder if they do like, I, it would be fun to like just drop by. I don't know if that would be annoying to them or... <laughs> If if it wasn't COVID, I would tell you yes. It's just no one's in the office anymore. They're all oh, working true. remotely. 
Um, but their office is awesome. I, I know this is, but I love that. I love the office is awesome down. I, I didn't think I was going to like, I'm sorry for all of you Texans out there. I didn't think I was going to like Texas <laughs> maybe because every time when I was younger, I just had bad experiences, but Austin, Austin is kind of like a hippie Texas. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I feel, I mean, I know technically I'm in Texas, but it doesn't feel like Texas. Right. It's very weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but it, it's very funny there. Uh, like Austin is just very fun. And they have the best barbecue. I, I, I mm-hmm. basically just go to the offices to talk to the team, but I go mainly there just to eat barbecue. So Yeah. And one of the things on your website that you talk about is how to reach your audience and position yourself as an authority. Can you kind of go over that, how you would use live streaming? Every industry is dying for good content. Every industry. And before, and I still think it's important to get a couple marquee magazine interviews or whatever, but for the most part, there is a huge drought of great live content from almost every single brand in every industry. And the same thing like I do with AppSumo, Trends, etc., I literally build out a live streaming program that allows me to be on someone else's platform. So like AppSumo didn't have a live streaming show. And I was like, if you're not going to do it, I I have my own show. And I already had my... So let me back up. I have this thing called the WWE model. So similar to wrestling, you know, you have SummerSlam and all these things. But I really think it's important to view it like that and view it like a stand-up comedian. If you're going to play at a giant stadium, you have to play smaller clubs. Your live stream on your personal page is like your personal club where you can try things out. If it flops, whatever, you're at a small club, but you know what your set material is, and then you can go and play at those stadiums. And that's what you can do with live streaming. Once you get good at the format of your show, what your takeaways are, now you can go and get your act being shown on other platforms because people are starving for this. And people either they don't want to think or don't have the staff to do an original show. I mean, it's sometimes it's bandwidth. It's bandwidth. I love AppSumo, but guess what? They're, what's their job? Making deals. That's what they're doing. So they don't have a whole robust team that wants to live stream and do all these things. So I am positioning myself. I'm like, hey, guess what? I can do a live streaming show. You know, I already use all of your stuff. So I'm not just trying to be here for a handout. And by the way, when people watch my live streaming, people are signing up and buying your stuff. Win, 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 win. Okay. And so now I view it almost like a tour, like you're a touring band. I have three different types of platforms in smaller groups and and, um, and brands that I live stream on. Not all the time, but I do guest starring once a week or once a month shows. And now I do my weekly show, just like my normal comedy club it's a chill environment. It's on my YouTube channel. It's on my Periscope, whatever. But then once a week, I'm on AppSumos, which has 30,000 plus, right? So I'm on their subscriber, on their YouTube channel and their Facebook group. Then I'm on trends.co, which is, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of The Hustle, but it's uh, it's like a newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds familiar. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like startups, marketing, whatever. And so they have a paid community called Trends. And I was like, hey, listen, you have this great thing. Your team is really lean. You guys don't want to do live streaming. Let me do my build with me show exclusively for your paid members. And you don't have to pay me, but in exchange, every single entrepreneur, which is my target audience, needs help building something or needs a marketing agency. I get all the sales. So it's a trade off. So that allows, and then you saw me on repurpose, right? Mm-hmm. So me and Hanny, I was like, okay, let's do this. So now people show up and see me in different areas. And because of that, it's the halo effect. I'm with all of these brands, all of these things. And I don't have to, I, to be honest, I hate hard selling. I hate hard selling. It's, I'm just not good at it. And so I'd rather have people know that I'm legit, know that I'm good. And then they, they're like, okay, I'm ready to work with you. I've seen your stuff. I know what you're offering. Yeah, let's, let's get it. And that's done by passive advertising. Or, you know, by this way of just putting out great content on different platforms and then measuring. So I know when I go live on AppSumo, I know what my subscribers should go up and what they're converting to get on my list. When I go on trends, I know. When I'm on repurpose and then from going live with repurpose, then I'm like, hey, why don't we do a course together? Boom. Now we have a course. Now those leads lead to possible customers later on. 
And now it's this giant ecosystem. And just like a band that tours or a comedian, I know what month, what week. The greatest thing is I'm doing it all in my office, in my scrubs, and I don't have to get dressed and I don't have to do anything. So that's how you get the authority in the space. And and uh, this is not unique to me. Again, mm-hmm. I started nowhere. I, I literally have, it, it's just I'm passionate about something and I knew how to position Anyone in any category can do the same exact thing. I did this with one of my clients. He is a marketer for childcare daycares. Hmm. Like it can work for anyone. Right. <laughs> it does not matter. It's like everyone has their own. What did he do? They I didn't know there was a child daycare uh, association for America and a state association. I said, why don't you pitch to, to every state and see if you can live stream? He's got three states. Because they they don't want to live stream and they're bored. Like, why are they going to think about that? But he's like, I'm going to bring pertinent information for marketing. And he's already getting a conference speaking gig as well, just because of that. Wow. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And was there anything else you wanted to go over that we hadn't yet? Well, I always say this and I'll, I always just like the show Build With Me where so the, the show Build With Me is where. I take one AppSumo tool, usually it's AppSumo, but I take one tool and I build three businesses. So I really like to show the application and do it live. So if you have a case case scenario or if you want me to do it from scratch or if you want me to like, you give me a scenario about yourself or something from your audience, someone from your audience, I'll build it right live and what I would do with live streaming. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. We could arrange that sometime for a live stream. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and so that's what, j- jump on build with me, do whatever, but it's, that's because it's the same formula. Mm-hmm. It's consistency. And in the secret thing that no one wants to talk about, you just have to be good at one really, one, one thing, like mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't have it mediocre. I can't like, oh, I'm just like, just be good at one thing. And live streaming can work. Even if the one thing is curiosity, that's still awesome to watch because people want to learn with you. But it's got to be one thing you're passionate about and that you can do over and over again. That's the secret to live streaming. And then people can find you at brandfactoryinc.com. And then I'll have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash brandfactory. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, Share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.